Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes already. This is a Mesh Musings episode where I do a relatively short overview, some might call a few of them rants, on a specific topic related to Data Mesh. I try to put uh, you know my few summary takeaways in the show notes too to make it easy to decide if this will be useful for you. Quick reminder as well to hit the Data Mesh Understanding link in the show notes to easily review listings of past episodes you might have missed, you know, that I've grouped up on different topics to make it easy if you want to do like a deep dive into governance or something like that. Do check out the Data Mesh Understanding offerings as well and the free community introduction and roundtable programs while you're there. Now with that, on to the Mesh Musing. Two of another one on buy-in, flipping the script on working with your first domain, Mesh Musings 47. So this is part two. I recommend you listen to part one, episode 211, for the context to make sense more. But basically, these are aspects you should lean into when finding and collaborating with your first domain on a data mesh implementation. These are all things you should look to do but it's not as if all ways will be open to you. These are merely points of leverage, not as in holding leverage over them, as in tipping the momentum and buy-in in your favor. You should look to exploit if they exist or you can create these. The first one is extremely tied to your priorities, right? This is one is coming up in a lot of conversations. When the data team is pitching data work or generating insights that are not aligned to a domain's top priorities, especially if, especially if they are also not aligned to the organization's overall priorities, that's just not good. So talk to your business partners. And when you're finding that initial use case, find one that will be very tied to their business priorities because they will be far more likely to lean in on this. This is something that I'm kind of a little surprised by the more that I I dig in on this, how often the priorities or the data work that is proposed isn't really that aligned to priorities. It's like what could be interesting, what could be useful. And there's an episode with Aaron Wilkerson that's going to be coming out um, in the nearest future. And we were talking about how negative that gets viewed by the business partner because they're like, this person's trying to do data work for the sake of data work instead of something that is exactly what I want to be focusing on. And then you can iterate at that small scale and move forward. So second one is find additional funding sources. So this one can be a bit tougher in certain types of organizations, but if you have like a transformation office they might have budget to kick in on trying something like data mesh. 
if there is a second user of the data or other downstream value created outside the initial domain, then that could be another potential source of funding, or it could get you that additional exec sponsorship, right? Will the central data team provide a few people to work on the platform inside this domain or still staying in the the central team, but working on that? This is where you talk about the long-term vision of data mesh, but that the journey of a thousand data products start with a single data products, or, you know, the more common phrase of the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. And that you can lean in on, hey, we should look to fund learning how to do this. And it's not necessarily even fund data mesh, right? The data mesh journey, the data mesh implementation versus we want to get far smarter and we want to figure out how to appropriately have domains own their data and invest in data as a product, as a capability. Can we get some money for that? Rather than having to go in, we're going to do data mesh. Okay, well, what is data mesh? Well, data mesh is a socio-technical approach. No, but you want to lean in on what are potential additional sources of funding. Because if you only have to do some small additional work to make this data in this domain applicable to a use case for another domain, boom, they might kick in some funding or at least some kind of juice to get this over the line, right? That they're they're putting in their sponsorship of getting this over the line. Third one, kind of related, find a true executive sponsor. Think about being the one that brought in a whole new approach that is driving far better data results for your organization, right? Wouldn't that be a great feather in your cap? So this is about finding not just that line of business or domain owner that is bought in, This is that C-level exec. Again, it could be the head of the digital transformation office. It could be the CDO, the CIO, the CTO, heck, even the CFO. Hey, CFO, want a more tangible line between data work and value? Want to stop investing in these huge nebulous projects and start to break that down way more and talk about like, where are we actually seeing this value? What should we continue to invest in? Want to, you know, have actual information about what's going on, et cetera. That that could be something that you talk about to the CFO. This is about finding someone that can come in above the head of the line of business domain and don't do this to them, do it with the line of business, but that you have someone that can come in and realign their KPIs and their priorities to give them the space to actually do this, you know, uh, the, the upcoming conversation with Aaron Wilkerson, we were talking about like, what are people actually measured on? When you go and talk to your business partner, what are their actual KPIs? What have others told them? These are the things you should be focusing on. How do you support to those KPIs? And if somebody needs some help in getting and clearing up enough of their people's time and efforts or their funding or whatever, to actually focus on this, it's really good to have somebody that's at that level that can help you to invest to focus on that, right? So another one would be having your data be leveraged by other teams, right? This is something that's talked about a lot, but let's let's dig into what I mean by this. But 
since you've already done this in such a great way, you, this can be leveraged uh, by multiple other teams. And that can mean more funding flows for your data projects and potentially your domain as a whole. So Arena uh, Arzner's episode that's upcoming, it's a really awesome one. I love talking with the, the kind of lines of business heads. So Arena was talking about how she's kind of one of the first domain or the first domain for doing data mesh at RBI, right? And she's the domain head. So she's super excited to get her domain more data capable and for other domains to start using her data. She knows there is value to her data in risk management and you know, all aspects of regulatory in all sorts of ways. And being able to directly track that downstream usage for the other domains, that will mean she at least knows the organizational value of her data. But even more than that, she could be able to show that value internally. And that will mean that more data projects for her domain should get more funding in the future because, hey, we're showing that there is clear value from investing in our data projects. Maybe the domain itself will get more funding because it becomes clearer that the strategic value of the domain in the overall organization, you know, don't line of business heads want to be one of the key value drivers for the organization. And yes, this is easier said than communicated to somebody, but it's still a great potential point of leverage going in and saying, if we do this right, we're going to give you the communication platform aspect, right? That we're going to put you on this pedestal. We're going to put you out there and talk with everybody about the wins that we got for your domain that is driving value for other domains. And so then you're going to get a higher profile and we can show that there is significant value from your your data. So there will be more investment in, in the organization in your data, at least, and maybe in your domain. That's such an interesting conversation that you don't know, might work, might not, but it's it's an interesting thing to poke at. So another one would be you control how things work for the overall implementation. You aren't just like the trendsetter by being the first domain. We're going to work with you to make it work for everyone, but like you are the secret favorite child and the initial shaper of how we do things in data mesh. This is about something a fair few guests have casually pointed to. When you are the initial domain, you get to work most closely on the initial design of the platform and the way that works from a self-service capability standpoint. The platform needs to be use case agnostic, but it will inherently start and probably stay closer to the way that the initial domain thinks about how to work with data. That means that your necessary capabilities also in the future will probably get first priority because you have the ear of the team that's building this stuff out. It means that your way of thinking will be more close to the eventual standards that develop for the overall organization. It will mean a better ability to be seen as the core of the community around data mesh in your organization that will you know, get built up. So you, domain leader, get to be this trendsetter and we're going to work with you to make sure that this has enough value and it's not just doing data mesh for the sake of data mesh, but you also get to make this so that it, it most aligns to you and the way you want to work. 
Another one, similar to moving at the speed of business that I mentioned in the previous uh, mesh musing, much smaller experiments. So one thing that was covered in the previous episode was moving at the speed of business. In data work controlled by the central team, if you have a small incremental data project, does that suddenly get prioritized any quicker than a bigger project? Probably not a lot of cases, right? If you have to push this onto the central team, their priority list is already set for the next sprint or for the next quarter of sprints or whatever, right? So we go for these overloaded, large-scale data projects. It's it's a matter of incentives. There will likely be useful data in some respect of what is delivered, even if 80% of that data project ends up being cruft, right? If it's not really useful. But what if you could move much, much faster and control your own data work? Wouldn't that mean the ability to spin up much smaller, more nimble experiments where you could have an A-B test idea and deploy it the next day with instant, you know, insights starting to flow extremely quickly and you could start to measure, okay, what's good, what's bad, that you can say, okay, we're going to test these things out in a much smaller way, in a much quicker way, because we've got an idea that this is working or we see some data that says that this might be a place where we should invest, where you could build incrementally to data and, and optimize at a much smaller level instead of trying to optimize kind of this big old sandcastle, right? You can optimize as if like, you know, it's it's not, you're, you're trying to optimize with the bucket for your sandcastle. Instead of you look at like those sandcastle competitions and you got people with little toothpicks and they're optimizing how stuff looks at the, you know, crenellation level, at the kind of, you know, surface level of the, the minaret or the tower or whatever, right? There's about 20 different ways to talk about the potential benefits. But, you know, the other biggie on this I'll talk about is blast radius. The cost of failure in data projects has been really high historically. With small scale, you can test something out much more easily with a much smaller area of issue if it turns out to not be great. And you have the ability as well to iterate to good. So, you know, you have a gut feeling this is going to be of use. Well, let's test something out. Let's get some, some information about it. And instead of making a big bet on these things, you can make smaller bets, but keep iterating towards bigger and bigger payouts as you learn more and more. That's not the way data works really worked in the past. Another one, better data quality, right? So this is one where you can start to talk about how in data mesh, there will be you know very specific ways of defining and measuring data quality so producers and consumers can actually better communicate on this. Carolina Hensel in episode 104 talked a lot about this. There's a lot that I could go into this, but it's it's really interesting because uh, how much bad data plagues teams, but before now, people haven't been getting super specific on it. This is, like I said, a much deeper topic, but it's something to poke at when you say, like, how has bad data cost you in the past? What would have been better? Or what are you working on now that you don't trust because the data isn't good enough quality? What more could you be doing if you actually could look at it and say, how much can I trust this? How good is this? Another one, potentially easier regulatory reporting, right? Last one that has come up a lot recently in episode 212 with George Nakarki, 
she mentioned about how with teams really being able to understand the processes and that things aren't a black box, right? Where you just hand things over to the, the central data team. The domains have a far easier time proving regulatory and other compliance. They can really manage these things much better because they control things from start to finish, basically because everything is out in the open for them and the producing teams are doing the work in the code, not some random tool that hides everything. This is one of those things where I'm not going to go deep on it, but this is one of those low code, no code drawbacks things of things are out in the open. But because of that, they have a far easier time understanding exactly what happens and can better serve to those regulatory requests. Again, this is one that could be a super deep episode in and of itself. So I'll leave it there. But like, there's just so many of these things that you can lean in on and say, does this entice you, right? And I'm sure I'm sure I've missed even more in here about potential leverage points. I mentioned iterate to good, for instance, and didn't dive in deep on that. But all of these are potential great points of leverage to poke it at relative to working with your initial domain. I would love some feedback on these to see where I got things right or am off base in your view. Again, these are the suggested points of of leverage. And they were, number one, find things that are extremely tied to the top priorities of that initial domain. Number two, find additional funding sources. Number three, find a true executive sponsor of the use case and the data mesh implementation. Think about being the one, you know, that person and being able to say, you're the the exact sponsor of this that brought a whole new approach that is driving far better results and has created a data-driven organization and how much that's going to help your brand internally and externally. Like talk to and find that executive sponsor, kind of talk up what this could mean for them. Number four, talk to the domain about having your data be leveraged by other teams. Since you've already done you know, this in such a great way, that can mean more funding flows for your data projects and potentially your domain as a whole. Number five, control how things work for everyone. You aren't just the trendsetter. We will make it work for everyone, but you are kind of that secret favorite child and the initial shaper of how we do data as an organization going forward. You get to, to really tweak it so that it, it, it best aligns with the way that you work. Number six, similar to moving at the speed of business from the previous episode, much smaller experiments, much smaller blast radius, and much better ability to, to, to iterate towards that good. Number seven, better data quality in general. And number eight, potentially easier regulatory reporting. So when you're talking to your domains, look for these leverage points, look for where they're having pains. With that, Scott out. Hopefully that was a useful mesh musing for you. Please do rate and review the podcast. It really does help. And if you'd like to get in touch and see how I can be helpful to you, check out the show notes. I'm pretty easy to find. As I mentioned, there are some great free programs in addition to some very affordable things around implementer intros and roundtables on the Data Mesh Understanding website. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And with that, now on to the funky outro music.